0: Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I told you we would have some more Leafs fun coming towards this season. And who better to have it with than our man right here, Justin Bourne from the Bourne and Kipper on Sportsnet Radio. What's going on tonight, my friend?
1: Not too much. Not too much. I actually come to you seething over a DM from my latest article in which someone told me to stop being a Leafs homer. And it was not a Leafs homer <laughs> take. It's just I had written all summer. I, re- I wrote two articles this summer so far, and both have, have garnered complaints about Leafsdom. So... That's life.
0: I right, man. You know what? The Maple Leafs—you either love them or loathe them, and it looks like anything outside of the GTA is uh, loathing them this year, especially loaded, yep. with the Sens getting better and the Habs getting better. It's only gonna. better. Yeah. It. No,
1: it's it's it is that's good though, right? Like you want Buffalo to get better, you want Montreal, you want say so it's better. It's better for the Leafs and the games, and for our interest on a Tuesday night in January. You don't You don't want to watch those teams. They just roll over every time.
0: That's uh, You add a little juice to it, but ladies and gentlemen, my co-host is always Mr. D4, Dylan Fournier. Dylan, how's the night going for you?
2: It is great. How is your night, James?
0: Not too shabby, my friend. Has to uh, pay the bills for one second. It is uh, brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Coast, Puck Off Lagerdale, the absolute big beer for the big podcast with Mr. Justin Bourne. All right, so Warren, I want to get right into this with you. The prospect tournament's going on right now. There's a name that everybody's talking about, wondering why he is there. I have my theory, thinking maybe this guy they want to get him up to full speed coming into camp so we can hit the ground running. It's Nick Robertson, really not uh, you know a prospect, I guess, but he only played 20 NHL games. But I mean, he's not some shiny new toy that they just pulled out of the draft or yeah. signed from over in Europe that they're trying to get a look at. They know what this kid can bring. So, what is the working theory here of why Nick Robertson would be going to the Traverse City tournament?
1: I think there's a number of of reasons to have him there. Um, you know, one for him is just to let him know that nothing's going to be handed to him. You know, like the, this is not like a, no entitlement on this team. You go there and you work your way up. I think it's a reminder to a lot of the people who have written him off of his age and where he is that he does fit in with some of the development. Uh, you know, positions we've thought of him as you know being on the fringe of the Leafs for what two years now, yeah. but. You know, it is it is, you know, in line with his age for him to be at that event. And I also think you you thought about him getting up to speed is like that he's a worker. They have trouble getting him to not work. And this is his chance to go and thrive, score goals, get his confidence up, and just like head into the year running, right? Like it get that positive yeah. vibes going early. So it makes a lot of sense to me.
2: Now
0: or what do you think about Nick Robertson over there?
2: Well, my biggest question and concern is Do you think this is going to help him uh, get that second line uh, minutes with Tavares and Nylander or whoever is on the wing with Tavares there?
1: You know, I, I think it gives him just the best chance, right? Like if he does get up to speed, but like, you know, I think he's at a point now with this organization where he has to do something above and beyond to show them that he's deserving of that. You know, it's it that's a big role in a big this team is trying to win a stanley cup right now so uh you know i, I think this year for him they they're putting him in a position where, where they're saying go go impress us go put up numbers so we can say to people here's why he's getting to play alongside Tavares and Nylander look what he did this tournament look how much yeah. better he is than other kids his age you know it's it, it, it shifts the onus to him a little bit but I, I certainly think it it doesn't hurt his cause and probably helps it in his quest to get there this year
0: So we talk about Nick Robertson possibly being in the top six. It's a role he probably has to be in. You don't want a guy with his kind of skill middling in the bottom six, really, you know, kind of grinding out one of those things. A lot of people are saying though, if he's playing with Tavares and Nylander, he doesn't have the physical attributes that you may want to add to that line, like a Michael Bunting or even, you know, an Ilya Mikheyev or Kerfoot that can do those kind of things where Nick Robertson's a little bit smaller. We've seen him be pushed around. Um, what will it take for the Leafs to say, hey, you know what? This is going to stick. We're going to give him a run. Because we've had people on that said, if you give this guy a chance with offensively capable players, he could be a 25 to 30 goal scorer in this league, mm-hmm. which is yeah. something the Leafs need, especially cost-effective. Uh, that's at, at a big thing. Him. Listen, they would love for him to make it. They would love for
1: him to to take that spot and score 25, 30. Like, that's, that's the dream for them, for sure. I think there's a lot of concerns with him. In, and as there is with a lot of players is what do you do when you're not scoring? And that was the thing with Nylander for years. And then it was like, yes. okay, Nylander learned, he's become a better all around player. He can handle himself physically. He's defensively responsible. You know, he, he does those things. You know, there's still, I think an education there for Nick is like, okay, so let's say he's going to play in that spot and get 25, 30. And I think he might, right. I think, I think he might, but yeah. what, uh, you know, is he going to be a liability? That line is already one that doesn't feel like a defensive stalwart to begin with. And, you know, is he someone who's going to make it worse? And all of a sudden they spend all their time in their own zone and no one gets points. I think they're looking for him to have the commitment and not just on the offensive side of things to the all around game, to making his teammates better. I think there's been a bit of a one track mind for Robertson. That's like, if I score goals, they'll put me in the NHL score, score, score. And I think they've tried to drive it into his head. Like, that's not it. We know you can do that. We know you can do that, but like we need you to play 82 games in 20 minutes a night. So Let's work on this other stuff, you
0: know? Yeah, what else can you bring to the table every single night? Yeah. Um, the other question is, obviously, we're talking about him flanking Nylander and Tavares. But here's the other thing. What if the Leafs decide to shake things up a little bit? What if you shift Marner and Bunce down with Tavares and then have Nylander and Robertson with Matthews? Matthews now developing that 200-foot game, mm-hmm. which has come leaps and bounds from where it was. We just talked about Willie and his willingness to do some things, not all things, but that might be a better avenue for him to be able to go up there. At least, you know, you're getting something from Matthews winning draws, all those things. Yeah. And it would give Tavares that insulation of Marner again to bring his game along and then bunting to be the physical pest, you know, the Brad Marshan yapper that he is.
1: Yeah. Like, I hate to be the downer here, but I think Robertson is closer to not making this team at all than he is to being put on Austin Matthews line. You know, like I, I, I do. I, I, yep. I, I, think you're, you making like a good argument for where he could have more value. If you're going to have him in the lineup, if he's going to find a spot that, Maybe that does make more sense for him. You know, I just think that there's questions about this guy. Part of it was his ability to stay healthy. And so in complete fairness to him, when there's been any skepticism about his development, he hasn't had a chance, right? He hasn't been a healthy guy at the American League level for a season to see what he could be. So you has got to stay healthy. He's got to show that he can do a few more things. And then you're right. I don't think there's any sense in having him on the team and saying, all right, you're going to play beside you know abe kubel and simmons and chase the puck around like you know he's yeah. gonna have to play with players so it's a big step so think about how much harder that is he's not trying to make the leafs he's not trying to make the Leafs. he's trying to make the top, top six of ones. the leafs it's just it's a much bigger jump for him because of the style he is and in what he brings
0: all right so we spent a lot of time about nick robertson is there anybody else at the prospect tournament that you have your eye on or that you've looked at the list and said hey this player may have some sort of impact. Um, I know William Villanueva, uh was a guy that people looked at. Phil prahl got some experience, uh, Nick Abrizi. Is there someone that we're maybe not thinking about that might take a step that's kind of exciting? Or is it just, hey, here's a crapshoot right now? Because the Leafs haven't really drafted too high lately. Well,
1: yeah, it's, they've been a good team and they've traded picks to, you know, to get players at the deadline. So, yeah, it's not exactly a, uh, you know, a, a bright, shining Everyone like moves. crew of players coming in. You know, everyone's excited for, for Matthew Nyes to come in April, whenever the college hockey season is over. You know, with. Oh, I think we lost Justin.
0: Uh-oh.
2: I thought it was my internet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll give him a second; he'll jump back in if it does. Uh, does not, but yeah, he's talking about Matthew Nyes. Yes, I mean, that's a, that is a guy that everybody is waiting for to take a big step and be here. Uh, hopefully, we get Bornie back in just a minute. Obviously, the lovely uh, life of technica technology, right?
2: But uh, yeah, Matthew
0: Nyes. Is there anyone for you, Dylan, that jumps off the page? We'll keep this rolling as we wait for uh, for Born to come back here.
2: It might be bias of me to say this, but I I, w- I was looking at uh, Twitter on, or London Knights Twitter, and Sean McGurn of the London Knights hopped in, uh, I don't know if we drafted him or not, I don't think we did, but he's somebody that I actually saw at their training camp that kind of... Jumped off the kind page. Of yeah, he jumped off the page. So maybe he can make an impact, maybe not. But uh I think he's looking for that uh next step forward in his you know career.
0: No, definitely. Well, a guy that kind of interests me, he got a little hype last year down the ECHL. Not Seth Petrazelli. Um, the goaltender really did bring himself along. And I remember there was a goaltender down in the ECHL named James Rhymer. Yes, sir. Really, nobody knew about. He jumped right over the AHL into the NHL, and we all know what Reimer's done since then. I'm yeah. not saying that Mr. Keith Petrozelli is going to do the same thing here, but he's having some fun, making some noise, doing some things. Another guy that I wish we would get to see in this tournament, and I really do hope that we get Born back here soon, just waiting to see if he does jump back in, and that is, um, is Dryden McKay. Dryden yes. McKay is a goaltender yeah. that I'm very, very high on, obviously, right now. He's serving that suspension I don't know exactly when he's supposed to be back. Um, obviously, a Hopi Baker winner, all those other things that go into it. The Leafs really haven't hit on too many goaltenders. I mean, Chalvin's been pretty good, but you kind of get a little worried. Joe Wolfe showing flashes. We'll bring Bourne back in here. There he is. There we go. There we go. So, yeah, we were just going uh, through a couple of players there while you were uh, while you were gone <laughs> at no man's land there. Unfortunately, good old technology. Uh, yeah, so, to finish your thought on Matthew Nye's, a guy that everybody's pumped up about. Uh, a lot of the skeptics say, you oh, know, you saw a 10 second clip of him dominating on the boards and you're all excited, but he did nothing at the World Juniors. Uh, I remember a guy named Quentin Byfield, Alexei Lafreniere, really didn't have big numbers. Then they went back and they dominated when they went back again. So, what mm-hmm. are your thoughts, Matthew Nye's? Let you finish him up.
1: I'm excited about that addition. You know, like he just scratches the itch for me of like something they need. We mentioned a cost-effective guy, a guy who could play down the lineup. He's not trying to make the top six. He might get in there, but he's not trying to make the top six right away. Like he's got just a a versatility and a style need for them. And I think he'd be in a position to succeed where you say, we don't need you to do anything. We don't if you go 10 games and don't score, it's fine. As long as you go run around, hit some people, go and get in there on the four check. It just—it's an element for me that they've sorely needed and and could come along at the right time. Now he's not going to be a savior or anything, but uh, he—he could be a cheap piece that helps. Which you know, when you're as close as the Leafs are and have been, that's—that's not nothing.
0: Well, that's exactly what we're talking about. When you're gone, there we're talking about a few players that maybe cheap pieces that can help. But Matthew Nyes, you bring this guy in, and per se, he ends up being the one to flank. Robert or um Tavares and Nylander and he brings that physicality on that top six just per se he does get up there but that would be a kind of bunting esque kind of guy more of a power forward with the strength and all that different stuff and can control the puck so if he can do that at the NHL level and it translates yeah I mean that's a perfect spot for him at a cheap dollar amount especially when the Leafs are going to scratching for every penny they can get this year
1: yeah, you're looking at like deadline we will be looking at deadline acquisitions they could make and that'll be one that you know is coming, which is encouraging. You just hope he has a great year. He stays healthy in, in college and you know, if he piles up some points and comes in confident. Like I don't think the Leafs have had a guy like that in the last number of years where you know, you see someone lighted up, ready to come in with size. Like it's it's a nice uh piece coming for the Leafs.
0: Yeah, it gets the fan base excited. And I mean, obviously, there's going to be skeptics out there saying he hasn't done much of anything. But from what I've seen and what I've read and, and everybody that we have on around draft shows, they rave about the guy. So I'm excited yeah. about him. I want to ask you about some prospect goaltenders here before we jump into the, the big meat and potatoes of the team. Um, a guy like Keith Petrozelli had a great year in the ECHL, had some buzz around him. Um, do you see this guy being something the Leafs can bring along and develop or is this just hey enjoy the 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 moment you have kid because it's probably not coming much farther
1: yeah i don't know you know i think the leafs have struggled so badly at developing goaltending and not for a lack of humans you know they've got a large staff there and they got elkin and i think curtis sanford and you know uh, enough people working with these guys that i think they they want to make someone better internally and it's not unheard of for people to go you know from the echl and climb the ranks so no, I don't think they're going to close the door on anyone. I, I just think they want someone to stop the puck. They don't want really to care yeah. how they get there, what the path is. You know, they'll, if he stops the puck more than the next guy, he'll climb. So it's as, it's as simple as that for me with a lot of these guys. It's, that's going to be the theme of the leaf season. Do they get enough saves? Fingers <laughs> crossed there.
0: Well, there is a guy that a lot of people are excited about. Unfortunately, he's not available right now because he's serving a suspension, and that's Dryden McKay. I'm wondering... Is this guy the real ticket? Uh, Is this something the Leafs fans should be excited about? Obviously, uh, there was some buzz around him when the Leafs did get him. Um, There's still some buzz, you know, waiting for him to come in. But is this a guy that we should be excited about?
1: You know, I think all you can do as a general manager is, you know, you get some lottery tickets. When you're outside of the first round and you're looking at free agents, you just get a few lottery tickets and say, maybe this thing can pan out. And you're looking at high upside guys, you know, you won the Hobie Baker trophy, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you know, yeah, that's a pretty high upside. Like, you know, it's someone who can has played well at a high level recently. So again, you get you give these guys a shot and, and cross your fingers and hope one of them comes through. That's all you need is just one. So I uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do too. No one no one has a season like he just had. And uh, you know, it isn't talented. So uh, good to see another option in the Leaf system, you know, even if it is farther down to start.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to see him do some things in the AHL probably or even yeah. the ECHL, depending on where it goes. But at least, finally, there's a little bit of sparkle in there. We look at Joe Wool and say, yeah, there's been flair. And then, of yeah. course, we also look at Shogren say, hey, he did play in the NHL last year. But I think both of them probably need more time, more seasoning to come through. Um, we're going to jump right into the Leafs here. This is the burning question in Leafland right now. Rasmus Sandy. Mm-hmm. Is this guy going to be a part of the Leafs roster come training camp or is he going to be a guy that the Leafs finally put their foot down and say, we're not signing you to anything more than we're comfortable, which is probably the Timothy littlegren deal. Yeah. You know, take it or leave it. Do you see him in camp or do you see him sitting on ice? So.
1: I want to clarify that I have no sources, no information on this. I got nothing. My just total gut feel is I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be there. Like, uh, that's just my feel. My feel is that Sandin is a guy who has felt like he's deserved more and has played like he's deserved more only to kind of lose it to injury, right? He was playing well when he got hurt last year and I believe was available in the playoffs at the end there. Um, You know, wasn't a guy you know wasn't the guy that they gave the opportunity to even though he's, i think he felt like he's deserved it it doesn't seem like there's an obvious spot in the roster like you know with Giordano and his hand you know Sandine's handedness like it just it feels like they're going to be able to field a pretty good group of 6D to start the season whether he's there or not so i can't see them bending i don't know i just i feel like the least of at least it has looked like they've been pushed around in the past in these situations a little bit. And I don't think they want to do that again. I just, I feel like two, two sides are fairly dug in on this. You know, if he wants to take a one-year deal at Lilligren's money, maybe that's different. I don't know, but I, I just, my gut feel, I, I think it's going to be an issue.
0: Dylan, what do you think? Do you see Rasmus Sandine being a part of this group come training camp?
2: As awful as it sounds, I kind of have the same gut feeling. Like, he just seems too hard-nosed and just, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm I'm worth this. There's nothing else that's going to go by me, honestly. Um, but speaking of defense and like our depth as at defense right now, do you see the Leafs moving any defense before the start of the season? Or do you think that's mm-hmm. more of a trade deadline type of thing?
1: Yeah. You know, the, the debate always comes back to Justin Hall, doesn't it? Like, do, yeah. you, do you think he's a guy or not a guy? You know, he kind of felt like a fringe AHL guy that like everything went perfectly in his development. He had a couple of awesome seasons and there's the worry is he's hit 29 or 30 here that it's like, okay, is he, is it a small little peak and they got the best of him already? Yeah. There's a lot of people who aren't Hall fans. You know, I, I sat in the rooms in the American league as he worked his way up and I have been a part of the discussions where people say he's soft. He doesn't play physical. He doesn't, he's not offensive. And you sit there and watch a video and go, God, every time he touches it, we break out though. Like, you know, he, every time they're coming down his side, he gets a piece. He just gets an elbow on a guy, a piece of the puck. I know it's not, you know, no one ever goes, wow, Justin Hall, you know, was great there. But at the end of the day, it's like, God, the numbers end up, end up good. And he does a lot of good things. So I know that internally there's this belief that they have someone they think is good that people don't see it. But it may have gone past the point where they've just got the most out of him they possibly could. And I don't think it's getting better, right? Like he had his best year alongside a very good Jake Muzzin. You know, what's left? Is he going to play third pair? I don't know, man. I don't have an answer for what they want to do with him. I don't know where Dubas and and Keith are left at on Justin Hall. I know why they like him more than most people did, because I did too. But I just don't know what's
0: left of justin hall i really don't So with justin hall the one working theory is because dubas protected him in the expansion draft and made sure he kept that guy that was his guy yeah that he doesn't want to see it as a a failure so obviously he wants to hold on and hope this player does rebound and now when he was with muzzin that was a great shutdown pair for a little while there but muzzin unfortunately can't stay healthy and i do believe that's why they brought in a guy like Mr. Ben to take over some of the physical role when Muzzin isn't in the lineup to be able to be your penalty killer, net front clearance, not the hockey IQ. I'll keep preaching that because so many people hammer me. He's not Muzzin. I know he's not Muzzin, but he can do the physical. He can do the penalty kill, clear the front of the net on your bottom pair. But for Justin Hall, you're right. It's maybe you got the most out of him, but he does do a lot of little things that people don't see. And you don't get lauded for those things but you do get lightning rotted when you are the guy that had the goal stripped away in the playoffs from John Tavares. Yeah. That only yeah. compounds everything everybody's talking about. You know, yes, it does. about defensemen, right? If you don't talk about them or hear about them, they generally have had a good game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the truth. You know, I, the one thing that just as you're talking and I think about it, like the one contract – for someone, if you wanted to shake it up, is like, would you ever say, we just don't know if we can trust Muzzin and try to move that money or something? Like, I love Muzzin. I actually thought he was very good in the playoffs for the Leafs this last year, but there's definitely that element of, like, he's great if you have him. If he's (laughs) in the lineup, you know, like, you know, are are you going to – you need a lot of things to go right to to have a deep playoff run, and it hasn't all aligned for the Leafs perfectly yet, obviously.
0: The the only problem I have with – if you get rid of Muzzin, because I love Muzz too, and I I love what he brings, especially uh, from what you hear in the locker room too. But if you take him out of the lineup, yes, you have Ben to replace some of the physicality, but what Muzzin does beyond that is huge. And I don't think you can just dip off Muzz to a trade and bring in something that's going to replace that. I'm always a big guy that if you're moving a piece out, what do you have internally that replaces that piece that can bring you forward? Or what are you bringing in that adds to what you don't have. And yeah. for that, losing Muzzin, I know we talk about, you know, if he's available, but you lose Muzzin, you have nothing to replace that. And you're probably not bringing in anything to replace that. Yeah. You,
1: your best bet, your best acquisition you could make is someone like Ben, who you can plug in and then you treat Jamie Ben like he's, you know, Mario Lemieux with a back injury or something, or you know, only play home games. Honestly, like maybe he's a yeah. guy, you know, not play back to backs. You know, something like that where you just say, oh, yeah. well, you know, you prioritize his health a little bit because you're right. You need him. What are you going to go out there Notice. and find? Right. Oh, and look at some of the guys who signed for, like, large money on D. You know, the, you're not getting anything better than Muzzin at five, whatever. So, yeah, there is some element of, of how do you replace it. The, the article I wrote today for Sportsnet was on uh, the top half of the Atlantic Division. And so yeah. I did one on the bottom half. And the bottom half, every team got better significantly. Yep. The top yeah. half. I think every team got worse. Like, like you know, the, the Bruins aren't going to have Bergeron – or sorry, at the start of the year, they're not going to have Marchand McElroy. or McAvoy or Grizzlick. Tampa Bay lost Palat, Ruda, McDonough. Uh, McDonough. You know, Florida trades away uh, – what's it? name? We- Hubertot, Uyghur? They lost Sherratt. They lose Giroux. They lost Marchman. Like, Ooh. everyone got worse. The Leafs lose Mikheyev and Campbell. You know, if Bam. you if you yeah. add if, if you add to that Muzzin, it's a significantly different story to me. So you only lose McKeever and Campbell. You know, may, did they maybe take the smallest step back of those teams? That that might be like a gain amongst that group. So my point is that Muzzin is, is a guy that you don't want to move, and all of a sudden you're missing what part of what made you great in the past.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, the other name that comes up a lot for moving a guy is Alexander Kerfoot, and I'm one of the biggest Kerfoot supporters. I like what he brings to the penalty kill. Um, you know, he can be your Swiss army knife. And I know they brought in Cali Yarncroc, who can do those things as well and for a cheaper dollar value. But I'm like, man, you've wanted for years, at least the Leafs, from what I believe, wanted a third or fourth line that could be defensively responsible, throw out there in big minutes at the end of games to lock it down. And, I mean, if you have a Foot, a Camp, and a Cali Arncroft out there, that's a good line. To yeah. shut things down smart and again, we talk about value players you ship off kerfoot who's there other than what we just said about yarn but who else is there to take those minutes and do those things that yeah. you can trust and i know everybody's yeah. like well 3.5 we can go get a defenseman again we just talked about that you're not getting a 3.5 million dollar defenseman you're signing yeah. rasmus sandin probably to what he's asking for but you're not bringing in Anything up front that's going to be what he brought. And I think he's getting a little better putting points up too. So, yeah, I had 50 even strength points
1: last year, you know, not too shabby playing outside of the top six for the Leafs. It's like, I'm not sure where you find those
0: points. That's, Smart player, you know, yeah. like, you yeah, the... know, a lot of people don't think about that, right? All they see is, well, if we move this contract because he's maybe a little overpaid. I don't know about you, but I've seen guys getting paid on free agency that didn't have as many points as Kerfoot did. And yeah. now you're talking about moving them again, and especially the cap's going up soon, guys. So yeah, eat some of these toys that we have ourselves. That's the, probably what makes us great. But the awkward com- part of the
1: conversation is like, what do John Tavares making eleven million dollars? Is is the the <laughs> large one here? That's that's the one that will be a topic this season. I love. I know. I.
0: I love JT. I mean, I mean, how how well, much more does he what are you going to get this year? I, I don't. I have no. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like a point per game player for the Maple Leafs, and everybody's like, he's not worth it. It was like, look at him from what did they say? From 15 16 I think it was when Matthews came in the league. I think he's still within the top ten in goal scoring. Yeah, something ridiculous oh, yeah. like that. Like he's putting up the points. He's doing what he's supposed to do, and he's not even playing with the cream of the crop on the team. When he did, yeah. he showed everybody, hey, I'm still elite. Now you put him with Marner again, or. Do the that's probably we'll everybody do what said do. yeah put that big thing together where you go Matthew's monitor to has a line just yeah, yeah. people
1: yeah I don't hate it and so that is I think it's a massive question for the Leafs they are so you know look at how we're grinding over salary cap efficiency Kerfoot mm-hmm. at three five pk and 50 even strength points and we're even debating that justin hall at two million plays over 20 minutes a night i think on average you know whatever's toi is 18 19 like those are efficient contracts you know so what you're looking for in a salary cap situation is where is the inefficiency what is Tavares going to give you this year if he gives you a point per game good on the power play you know good leadership i'm not going to complain but there's no doubt because you make more it's just going to bring up be a part of the conversation more i'm with you it's not like you could trade him and all of a sudden, you know, fix all your problems. He's part of the reason that this team is as good as they've been. And I root for him. I I'm a, you know, Islanders guy, you know, I I've loved them for, for years. So I, I want him to, to have success. It's, it is just going to be a part of the conversation as oh, yeah. he gets. And you know, what sucks too? is the cap was supposed to go up and alleviate this for him. Yes. It was supposed to be higher. He was supposed to be a smaller percentage of the cap as it yep. went on, and it wasn't supposed to be you know this much of a story, but uh, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda.
0: We're supposed to be at 92 point, 92 and a half, I think it is, now for the salary cap, if everything went the way it was supposed to. Right. But we are going to be going up, and hopefully people can leave Tavares alone a little bit this year. If he's a point per game guy... Where, yeah. where are you getting again we talked about where are you getting things where are you getting that you yeah. know what i mean yeah not yeah. easy to replace that for sure no so the other guys i want to ask you about obviously uh Abe Kubel, everybody's excited about i made the bold take i said you know if this guy gets a chance to play a little offense and maybe get shuffled up the lineup if they want to see what he can do so maybe he can do a 15 to 20 on the had 11 season. last
1: year in 50 some games or something right like he, yeah. he's not devoid of offense by any means he was on a good Colorado team and mattered to them. I'm with you. Like he's, he's, he can play a role for this team. He also makes a lot of sense. Like just, I've been saying for years that this Leafs team, I want to see not youth on that fourth line, but just some guys who forecheck and skate well and get it, you know, get after it a little bit. You know, Simmons is pretty slow at this point. Clifford's been slow. You've had Joe Thornton on the fourth line in the past. (laughs) There's just been a weird mix for fourth line. Spezza is, you know, obviously he's been a, was a great leaf, but it was just a weird fourth line. These guys make sense to me as fourth line players. And by these guys, I mean, uh, Aston Reese and Albe Kubel. That's the other
0: guy we want to ask about. Obviously uh, Zach Aston Reese on a PTO. Everybody freaked out because everybody was excited because everybody knows what he can bring. I think he was top 15 in the league or hits. You know, that's huge for something the Leafs don't have a lot of. We talk about inefficiencies for this team. That is one of them. How did the Leafs get this guy on a contract? Or is it already really a done deal kind of thing? And this is more just to get him in there, get him in with the team, and they're trying to figure out how to make the salaries work.
1: Yeah, I think that that's an interesting part of it. I am curious to see kind of what they're waiting on for that decision. It's not like he's not an NHLer. I mean, I think I'd, I'd have to go back and look and see where he placed if anywhere in Selkie Trophy voting. I'm sure it's on hockey reference, but there was
0: two or two, I think it was 2019. He was, he was he on a couple the of ballot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like he was a guy that like, you know, the analytics have loved from a defensive standpoint. So you play D and you run into people. Holy smokes. Like the Leafs have been dying for that. That's yeah. great. So he's uh, to me, he's a, a great guy to have come in on a PTO. Uh, they, I'm assuming they'll be able to get him under a contract cheap. So good fit for me.
0: Definitely will be. Well, the other two players that a lot of people want to know about here, we'll touch on these and then we'll touch on the uh, Keith and Duba situation. And then obviously get you on your way. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> Ilya Samsonov contract, for me, this looks like a guy that the Leafs got for cheap, but a guy who wants to bet on himself, obviously, because he was anointed to be maybe the Andre Vasilevsky light in Washington. They seen good things out of him. Apparently, attitude was a thing. Different things that you hear come out when a guy leaves an organization. But I look at Ilya Samsonov and say, this guy wasn't horrible in Washington. And now Toronto's going to have a chance – to maybe bring him along. You talked about the goaltending staff they have. This may be his chance to show the world what really is Elias Antonov. Yeah. What do you think of this pickup here?
1: Well, I mean, we talked earlier about lottery tickets. Like, what a good bet. You know, it yeah. kind of reminds me of some of the guys they brought in here where you're like, don't know if we're going to get what he got last year, but we think we see more in him, and we've seen more in, uh, from him in the past. Anytime you get a guy who come in, coming in uh, who was a former first-rounder, like there's pedigree. You know, some guy who has been talented and had success and carried the load for teams. Uh, it's a good shot in the dark, man. And then you mentioned a guy trying to prove himself. If he wants to prove himself, you know, the Leafs are going to be looking for a goalie long term. Like, this is a spot oh, yeah. for him where, you know, if he—if he's good, there's no reason he couldn't be the goalie here uh, in the future. So I think it's an exciting situation for him. And then there's the, the whole thing of no one's being promised the crease. You go in, you got to earn your, you know, earn it. Uh, yeah. You know, Matt Murray hasn't been awesome. I think there's a good chance that Sam Sonoff comes in and, and does earn it. So I, I like it, right? Like You look what was out there and what guys cost, you know, in the Leafs cap situation, yeah. this, this, this is the, the perfect fit for what they were looking for. We so, basically
2: got a two-for-one with getting rid of Campbell and taking yeah. on both contracts there.
0: So I want to ask that question. Sure. We'll ask about Murray, but Jack Campbell, revered in Toronto. Everybody loved him. Um, you know love seeing him walk his cat and just who he was man he was a guy that made everybody smile remind me a lot of the James Reimer feel-good vibes when he came in and did his thing Were are the least right to let him go and let him walk given the injury yeah. history and things like that do you think they were right to let him walk and least fans can kind of let that one go
1: yeah I do think they were right to let him go I it's not that I don't think he is better than the goalies who are here currently. Like, I think, I, I don't know about Sam Sonoff. I'm not sure what he's going to be, but like, I d- definitely rather have him than Matt Murray, but that's a, that's a heck of a contract that Oilers just gave him. Like, and the guy was awful for the second half of the season, Campbell, like yeah. he really was. And I understand that, you know, when you zoom out his time in Toronto was wonderful. His, his season last year statistically looks very good. I thought he was good in the playoffs. I think he was an 899 in that round, but I thought he played better than that number tells yeah. us. So, yeah, like I think he's a good goalie, but I think there's a chance that he's not any better than the next available guy. And five times five did he get in Edmonton, you know, yeah. in terms of starters. I just don't like the position that commits you, you know, for years to come here. There's more flexibility. Murray's got this year in next, and Samsonov is a one year, if I'm not mistaken. Deal, so, like. Yeah. The flexibility is there if one of their guys does, you know, develop quicker or there's a trade available. I think they're in a better position right now for having letting let him go, even if the goaltending today doesn't look better. I think it gives them the chance to be better in the years ahead.
0: So I want to ask about Murray. Obviously, you just touched on the fact that, you know, you'd rather have Campbell over him. There's one thing that a lot of people aren't talking about. He was with the Ottawa Senators a team that was looking for offense the past couple of years to give goal support to their goalies. Yeah, I mean, they did get chip-ins, but it wasn't where it's going to be this year with guys coming in like Giroux, like DeBrincat. You know, they added to that, and everybody's taking a step, too, in their development. He's coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Matt Murray is, on a team yeah. that has the Austin Matthews, Nylanders, Marners, all those established guys who really light up the lamp and we'll give him goal support. Sands a bad night where he's in between the pipes, maybe lets in a couple of soft ones. Least the Leafs can go out and maybe still win him that game and keep his confidence going. It's got to be hard when you're trying to find your own game, and the Mm. team in front of you when he was with Ottawa really can't bail you out of situations when you get put in one. I'm wondering for you, will this benefit him? Obviously confidence and all that stuff, and will we see maybe a rebound, of Matt Murray having some goal support. All right. If I'll put i I'll put on my blue
1: and white here. You can make, you can make the case for Matt Murray for sure. You can say that when he was behind a structured, very good team, you know, those Pittsburgh penguin teams that won cups, he looked very good. You can say that he had his most success, um, you know, coming out of the Sioux where he was with Dubas and Keefe who he's comfortable with. You can say that he he's worked in the summers with John Elkin, who is his goalie coach, who he now has in Toronto full time as you know his personal goalie coach. You can make the case that that Ottawa team you're talking about forwards didn't care much about D, and D couldn't play much. D is a 906. He wasn't an 846. He was a 906 last year in Ottawa. So. You know, you can make the case that, OK, if he's that and then he's behind a much better team in Toronto and he's with his goalie coach, he's with the GM and coach that he's been comfortable with. If he's ever going to bounce back, he's not 38, he's 28. So I see how the Leafs looked around and they said, do you want to take a chance Chance on Matt Murray to cap hit that ends up being four point whatever it is, four point yeah. something. Or do you want to do, you know, and you look around and what you'd have to give up to acquire goaltenders who are available and what you'd have to commit to to term for UFAs. I get why they're taking a chance. I get how it could pan out. I don't love it, but I can put on the blue and white and I, you know, and I can say, I see why they thought it was their best option.
0: And you know, the cynics out there and we'll get the comments. And just like you talked about DMs earlier, We'll get the fact that hey, this is a championship wannabe team, and you're tinkering like this and you're taking chances on guys. Yeah. My thing is, teams take chances on guys every single year. It's yep. because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs that the spotlight is a lot brighter on everything they do. So yeah,
1: for sure. And last year, the you know, the 16 teams who made playoffs, the Leafs were fifteenth in save percentage. They didn't get goals. Their team save percentage was 899 last year between uh, Mrazek and Campbell. And then 899 in the playoffs. They didn't get great playoffs. And it was the best Leafs team in history, statistically. They didn't mm-hmm. great get great, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know. So imagine you
0: stepped the goaltending up just a little if
1: bit. If Murray's fine, they're yeah. going to be fine. All yeah. he needs to do is not be awful. Which yeah. is a possibility.
0: <laughs> it is. The other thing, too, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, we all know their medical department and sports science department, is huge so hopefully it'll help Murray stay healthy we've seen the Ennis's and Spence's come in and what they've done with those guys uh, Dilly I'm hogging the mic my friend here you go well, ahead and fire off question
2: well I, I, I'm i trying to think of like considering the swing that Kyle Dubas and Shanahan are taking with Matt Murray if he say so shits the bed do you see them being on their way out I actually
1: do. I don't know if, you know, that. that's, you know, we're at the point where a lot of people would have made that call sooner, said, ah, it's been four straight first round exits, that's enough, or five straight or six straight, and they haven't said it yet. And it's kind of been like, you know, last year after the Amazon All or Nothing series, it was a lot of like, it was an all or nothing season for them. It was, they were, you know, and it didn't end up being all so you know this this is their crack you you know and you're right they've made a risky bet here I I think that there are butts on the lines here and I I don't necessarily think it's Sheldon Keefe so much as yeah the the guys you mentioned right at the top like Mm -hmm. this is very much the the team that Shanahan has endorsed and Dubas has constructed um if they are not better and not through the first round this year it's just hard to see them going but it's going to be different next time you know for without some changes
0: Well, let me just throw the blue and white on like you just did and trigger coat this a little bit. I'm in the camp that, you know, Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas, last season was still a little bit interrupted by COVID. But it was really their first season together with the Leafs that there was no Babcock, that there was no COVID, that there was no shortened season, and they yielded results in the regular season. The team looked better. The team took steps. So, I mean – That I can see everyone looking at and say, well, these guys really got their first full season, full practices, everything that you want to implement was able to be done without interruption, without black clouds of contracts and, you know, Mike Babcock's and all those different things. So this season will be their second one. I do agree with you that if it goes the same way, something has to change. But I think you have to give them at least this season as an opportunity because of what's happened. Yeah, and everybody says I know other teams went through it, but it was so different because in the first COVID season, the Leafs had just fired Babcock. They're getting mm. rolling under Keefe, and then everything shut down. Yeah, and the next season you're playing a 56 game season. Everything's thrown into turmoil, and it's all yeah. Up. So I look at no, it like it's, that it's, and say, this may be their opportunity this year to take the next step. Where yeah. regular season wise, they took it last year with the penalty kill, with the power play. With the points, everything started to click and look different than what we've seen before.
1: And, you know, I think the point you're making is a good one for why they should have gone about their roster construction this offseason the way they did and not making major core changes, not gutting it, not, you know, starting over and saying, let's just let everyone settle. We know what we have let's see it in a full proper year I understand last year was was pretty decent but this is a full crack at it this year for those guys as you mentioned you know I know Sheldon is a meticulous coach and his use of time is you know he he squeezes every second out of it that he can you know the the schedules these guys have the detail of what all right at ten to fourteen you need to be with this development coach and ten fifty two you're over here you know like it's these guys are, are going to be going through it. And I think having that consistency for a full season is going to be nothing but good things for them. As I mentioned, I'm not sure that the other teams in the Atlantic at the top didn't uh, take a small step back. I don't see any reason the Leafs can't get close to where they were this past season, you know, 110 points, you know, be a, a solid top three team in their division, at least if not higher.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's just getting me excited, man. I know the season's a little bit away, but now I'm all pumped up again. Uh, my friend, we've taken so much of your time. I really appreciate you sitting down with us talking about yeah, the Maple Leafs. I hope we can get you on through the season and just pick your brain a little bit more. Um, the big question is, when is Born and Kipper coming back on the radio?
1: Yeah, we're back October third, man. We're back We're, we're going to be twelve to two while the Jays are still in it. Once the Jays okay. are out, we'll go back to three to five. Um, but we should be on YouTube and maybe Sportsnet 360 this year all year. So uh, I'm excited about it, man. My my second year with Kipper, so now I know what to expect. Well, we should be doing pretty good too.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. We've had him on a couple times here. He's he's definitely a good guy to to crack with and have fun with. So
1: for sure, awesome. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: No problem, well, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Offside Hockey Talk, where the Leafs and hockey come to talk.